Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown, and welcome and thank you for listening to the Cy Brown Morning Show. Today is Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and everyone is probably out shopping and spending and doing all of the stuff that they do. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hosting the show and staying in the house. Usually, I stay in the house because it's cold outside, but I just this whole thing with Black Friday and shopping and spending is so out of control right now. I mean, it's it's just nuts. And I actually put on Twitter and Facebook yesterday that any email that comes to my box that has the words Black plus Friday in it is automatically being redirected to junk because I can't take it anymore. I mean, people are fighting for your money, but did you know they're fighting for your hearts and your minds and your spirits too? This this whole thing, this Black Friday thing, is a spirit, and uh, I, I I opt out of it. I choose not to participate in the spirit of Black Friday. I don't knock anybody who's out shopping because I probably will be out tomorrow or Monday. Tomorrow I am supporting Small Business Saturday, so that way uh, small businesses can get a little piece of this too. And then Monday is Cyber Monday, so I probably will be buying some things online. But uh, nah, I'm opting out. And and as a matter of fact, I will be speaking in uh, church this evening in Patterson, New Jersey. So uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com forward slash Brown today, or hit me up on Twitter or through the email, and I'll share all the wonderful details. I just want to give a special thank you to everyone who listened in last night to our prayer and praise call. Our prayer and praise call is a call that I facilitate every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we all come together and we just pray and you know, kind of share insight and nuggets of wisdom to get us through another week. So if you are free, um, I would love to have you all listen in to our prayer and praise call. You can share. You can just listen quietly. It's totally up to you. The phone number for our prayer and praise call every Thursday night at 9 p.m. is 530-881-1000, 8-1-1-1-0. And the code is 461-522. The code is 461-522. And then you hit the pound sign and you will be brought right into our prayer and praise call. So thank you so much to everyone who uh, listened in last night to, to last night's call. We had a great, great time. Some phenomenal people joined us. So uh, that's every Thursday. So big shout out to everybody. Last thing, if you're listening live, just want to give a shout-out to everybody who's in the chat room. I see a lot of activity in the chat room. And so if you miss any portion of today's show, you can go right to SaidaBrown.com and you can listen to the shows, you can download the shows, save them to your computer. So don't fret if you miss a nugget of it. Today's topic is how to make tough decisions. 
Today's topic is how to make tough decisions. And this is an area that I have had to study um, because nobody wants to make a decision. And not making a decision is the exact same as making a decision. You're just choosing not to act. So when we think we have a tough decision to make and we just kind of fall back, which I am notorious for doing, I I will put it out there, I'll just opt out. Opting out is just as bad as making a wrong decision. Opting out or choosing not to make a firm decision is just as bad as making, if not worse, than making the wrong decision. Because what happens is you're kind of leaving things up to chance. And believe me when I tell you, I have learned this the hard way. So what I try to do now is I follow Nehemiah, and we're going to get into into the premise and to the core of of this lesson, which comes from the book of Nehemiah. So if you have your Bibles, um, please turn to the book of Nehemiah. It's in the Old Testament. But not making a decision, I have found, is the same as making, if not worse, a wrong decision. So I had to come up with a strategy. What You know, I'm a person who loves three-ring binders. For those that know me, I swear I will put a three-ring binder together for something faster than you can spin around. Because now I have a strategy and I have a plan. So I try to strategize and create a system for many of the challenges. I rather do a lot of the heavy lifting up front. That way when the situation comes, I've already kind of worked out the answer. And it makes it a lot easier. A lot of times also, if I may add, when you have to make critical decisions, you may not be given the gift of time. Sometimes decisions have to be made quickly, swiftly, concisely, (laughs) any lead you can think of. Sometimes you're just not given the opportunity to chill and think about it and ponder and marinate on the situation. A decision has to be made right here, right now, And, and I share with you so personally that has not always been my strength. I will wait and try to figure out. And a lot of times I said, well, I'll wait on the Lord and see what the Lord gives me. The Lord has given us information all the time. Stay connected to God and you will get information, knowledge, and wisdom all the time. The key is being able to discern if it's the right decision for that situation for that moment in time. And I had to think about the decision-making process and who I am, I had to. I, I actually took the time, and I challenge everybody who's listening to today's lesson, identify two or three of the worst decisions you have ever made and how things may have been different or turned out differently if you made a different decision. It's, it, you know, we make decisions every day, and the patterns that are established when we make small decisions, set the tone of how we make larger decisions. You know, to, to research a little bit more on that, you can turn to First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22. The book of First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22. We need to understand whatever pattern we set for little things is what how things are going to turn out when we have to make big decisions. You know, there's plenty of scriptures in the Bible that that share and that state that, you know, if you're if you're faithful over a little, God will increase you. And it's the same thing with decision-making. When you have to make 
decisions. How you handle making the smaller decisions ultimately impacts how you make larger decisions. And it wasn't until I took the time to identify two or three decisions that I made that had extremely disastrous results was I able to go back and look at how I arrived at that decision, what was my thought process, and why I don't want to go down that road again. We have to look right now. We're in an age in which computer technology helps us gather and analyze so much information. These little nuggets of wisdom can be found anywhere. There's you know, we can make decisions based on something we heard on the radio, based on something we read online, based on something we saw on TV. But really, honestly, we have to make our decisions based on what God wants for us. And that's a toughie. That can really, really be a toughie. Because, you know, a lot of times, and, and I'll say this, you can't see God. I mean, you can, you know, and that's a different lesson. But, you know, you can see the person on TV. You can physically hear the person on the radio. You can read something on the Internet and try to use your intellect and your wisdom and past experiences. But you know something? you really got to rely on God. You have to rely because that way you know no it might suck right now and it may not look like the best decision, but you the best thing you can do is to rely on God and the Word of God because at the end of the day it's it's for your your best good. Uh, Levon just put in the chat room. Sure, it's tough. It it definitely is tough. It definitely is tough. I want to get now into the book of Nehemiah, which is in the Old Testament of the Bible. And and when we look at Nehemiah, there were prayers, um, there were decisions that needed to be made, and, and the process by which they were made, the process that Nehemiah followed in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem provides us with one of the greatest examples of problem solving in the Bible. You know, I, I, I want to make good decisions. I want to make good decisions. First, he acquired the understanding of the problem, which which can be found in chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And I'm, I'm actually going to read that right now. Um, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in my citadel of Susa, one of my brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. There's the problem. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins. Oh, let me turn the page, sorry. I confess the sins of the Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. We look right there immediately when he realized there was a problem. Right here, we realized there was a problem. When he first heard these things, and this is coming from chapter 4, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. That's a lot of times what happens. When we have to make a decision, 
the first thing we do is break down, especially tough ones. I'm not talking about do we want to buy a turkey or ham for Thanksgiving. I'm talking about the really, really tough decisions. A lot of times we'll go in a corner and cry by ourselves, but you see right after, right after it said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God. That's how we're going to get our answers, to be able to handle situations and challenges and make those tough decisions. It can only be done based on the leading of God. And that and that information in those tough situations can only be attained through prayer and fasting. It says it right here. The report that Nehemiah received would serve as the key to all that followed. He obtained reliable information that was crucial to to devising an effective plan. So what Nehemiah did, once he realized there's a problem, and we're talking about the wall of Jericho, he had to identify those who were suffering. When we have to make a decision, a very critical piece is trying to determine what the fallout will be. Now, remember I said we have to always listen to what God says about what we're supposed to do in these tough situations. But think about it this way. A lot of times when God speaks to us, we don't get the full piece. We get nuggets. And it's those nuggets that we get that we have to weave in and use and rely on your gift of discernment. You you hear what I'm saying? God will give us the answers that we seek, particularly if you have a relationship where you know you can pray and fast. However, we may not get the full answer. I don't know how God speaks to you, but God speaks to me with these little short one-word quips, one- and two-word responses. So I now have to take those and then weave them in to the situation using my gift of discernment. And a lot of times we have to figure out what is the result if we go this way, what is the result if we go this way, what is the result if we go that way. And it's saying right here in the book of Nehemiah, which is in the Old Testament, he identified those who were suffering, He petitioned to God, and then he waited for an opportunity to act. A lot of times we get the right information and we act and move too quickly. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we get all the information we need and then we move too quickly. Moving too quickly can be just as damaging and detrimental as taking too long to respond. A la George Bush with Katrina. <laughs> I try to stay as politically uh, out of these conversations. I love politics. But we saw what happened with that. I can give you countless situations where leaders take too long to act. Their decision was may have been good. Their heart was good. Their, in, their intention was good. But it, they took too long, and the opportunity was missed. A lot of times we get a window, a very, very, very small window to act. And if we don't stay as connected to God as possible and keep our discernment sharp, the opportunity can pass. I was presented not too long ago with an amazing opportunity to be a leader in ministry. And I made the decision to act on it. And I'm very, very comfortable and very confident in my decision, but that's only because I have been in prayer with God trying to lead me in a certain direction. And when that opportunity came, because I was cognizant and because my discernment was sharp, I saw right then, right there, aha, this is this matches up, this is in alignment. And that's what Nehemiah had to do. He had to wait for the opportunity to act. 
that, let me tell you, if you can, I don't want to do it now, but if you can, um, turn to, actually, I do want to do it now. Uh, we're going to turn, we're going to turn in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. We have about 10 minutes left in this lesson. But I want to pull out uh, just a little quick, I, I encourage you to read uh, chapter 2, verse 1, all the way down to verse 10, but I want to just read something to you very quickly. I'm going to read uh, starting from verse 4. Now let me go back to verse 3. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, what is it you want? There you go. That's the, that's the point of decision. You see what I'm saying? What is it that you want? How many times have we been asked, what is it that you want? A lot of times we ask for things, and then when the opportunity comes, what is it that you want? We don't even know. So right now the king is saying, what is it that you want? A decision needs to be made, and that's a tough decision because when you start professing out of your mouth what you want, you better be ready for what comes back. What is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so I can rebuild it. There's the decision. Do you see? There's the decision right there. There's the decision. All it says is, then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. I want that. That's verse 4. You're seeing right there, we, we're not given a glimpse of, of the time it took him to make that decision, but I'm guessing, I'm using my best guess that it was just a matter of moments because he was already connected. That was his opportunity. When he was asked, what do you want, he prayed and said in a very declarative way, this is what I want. And I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your, will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. <clears throat> Do you see what I'm saying? This is, we're looking at the whole process. We're looking at the whole dialogue in which decisions, major, major tough decisions have to be made in a very short window. These are some deep decisions that Nehemiah has to make, and he's able to go boom, 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 because there's already a, a systemized thinking in place. Then the king said with the queen sitting beside him, asking, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of the trans-Yorphites, so they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter, keeper of the king's forest, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of citadel, by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. That is very very important because the gracious hand of my God was upon me. The king granted my request. When we make a decision based on the will of God and the wants of God, not on our own accord, we'll be blessed. Do we see this right here? It's right here in the book of Nehemiah. If you're listening to this lesson on demand, I strongly encourage you to hit pause and go back and reread. We're reading from Chapter 2. 
when we have to make tough decisions, there are a lot of ramifications, and the fallout can be very, very grievous to us if we don't make the right decision. I don't want us to become paralyzed. One of the big reasons or prohibitors of us making good decisions is fear. It is fear. Fear will make you frozen. You will become debilitated. You won't be able to move. You will become still and stuck. But it 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 hurts my heart, and it was myself included, how if we have a relationship with the Lord, how we can be so afraid that we don't even make a decision. And I am putting myself on front street because that has been me in many, many situations. It has been me in many, many situations. And I'm almost embarrassed. I ain't even almost. I'm embarrassed. But because we don't know what can happen or this can happen or that can happen, instead of having ultimate faith and ultimate trust in the Lord that everything is going to work out, we don't move. And remember I said at the top of this lesson, not making a decision is just as bad, if not worse, than than making a wrong decision. I have made, and I have to you know, share with you some of the worst decisions. Nothing, you know, catastrophic because I'm still here, um, but some pretty bad decisions. And I know anybody who is a parent can relate. Even if you're not a parent, there's times I look back and I say, oh, my goodness, why did I allow my children to do that? Because I allowed them to do that at 7 and then didn't realize it would be a challenge at 17. You, You feel what I'm saying? Sometimes we may not even feel the effects of not the best decision-making years down the road, years down the road. And that's why I say we have to really listen for God's direction and weave that into the fabric of our own intellect. Don't rely on your intellect alone because then we're sure going to just make the decisions that may not have the best outcome. But if we take those little signs and hints and clues from God, factor it into what we know and what the Bible says, we will not go wrong. And, again, I've looked at things that I can only speak, you know, really either from two references, as being a mom and a wife, you know, running a family or running a business. Those are the two things that I've been doing since I was 17 years old, either being a mom or running a business. And I started my first company when I was 22 years old. I'm now 40. So, I look back even at some business decisions that I've made. I've made some horrible decisions, one of which actually cost me my company. But we think we're making the right decision at that moment, and I'm not here to find fault or place blame. That's not my intention. I'm here to offer scriptures and a biblical account and 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 a basis for you to make better decisions. The book of Nehemiah, when you watch and absorb and read how his process works, I guarantee you, I guarantee, this I guarantee, it will shift your perspective on how to make better decisions and not be so overcome by fear. Nehemiah understood the problem. He identified the sufferers. He petitioned to God. He waited for the opportunity to act. He quietly investigated the situation, assembled the players, and executed the plan. Maybe for you, you may only need three of those modules. You may need four of those modules, or you may use all six. It's totally up to you. But I'm here to share with you, there is a way to make 
tough decisions. You know, let, let me just share this with you as well. I Everyone knows my grandmother is 90 years old. God bless her. And I lived with her for many years, and I recently, within recent history, moved away, not too far from her, a few towns over. And she would call me and say, Saida, uh, can you go to ShopRite for me? <laughs> I'm like, Grandma, I, I'm a few towns away. I don't, I can't just run a shop right. And for me, it was a very tough decision to say no. So I would end up leaving my house to go to shop right to bring her milk or to bring her tuna fish or whatever. I mean, it wasn't food shopping. It was like two or three items. And I had to figure out the best way to say no. But how do you say no to your grandmother who's old, who's taking care of you, who's been just the matriarch of the family? And this is what I had to do. And it may sound goofy, but it worked for me. And I, I looked in the mirror, and I actually had to practice responses to the questions that she would ask me, particularly, will you go to the grocery store for me? I'm telling you this is the truth. And I actually had to rehearse in a mirror. So the next time she called me, I was able to give an answer that wouldn't offend her, but yet, you know, would get me out of the situation. For me, this was a very tough decision. And, and I share this because tough decisions are relative. My tough decision may not parallel your tough decision, but that's a, that was a very tough decision for me to tell my grandmother no. You, you just taught, you do what your elders tell you, but that was a tough decision. So you know, quick sidebar, the way I dealt with it is I would always tell her yes, that I would do it the next day. <laughs> that's, that was my response. Sure, Grandma, I would love to do it. I can't do it today, but I'll do it for you tomorrow. I'll call you in the morning, get the list, and I'll be more than happy to do it. Well, of course, by the time tomorrow came, she would find somebody else, you know, a little bit closer to do it, and it still didn't make me look like the bad guy that I was saying no. But what I actually had to do was stand in front of my bathroom mirror and practice and rehearse how to tell my grandmother no. That was my tough decision. That may not be your tough decision. Your tough decision may be telling your kid you can't drive the car. I'm grateful neither one of my children have their driver's license yet. You know, when you live in the New York area, cars are not, you know, teenagers driving is not that big of a deal. But your tough decision may be telling your boss, stop stealing my ideas. I don't know what your tough decision is, but the only thing I can share with you is that if you read the book of Nehemiah, from, and it's a short book. It's a, Nehemiah is not one of the big ones. It's a, you know, a couple chapters long, a couple pages long. If you read it, I guarantee you it will help you make better decisions. The last thing I need to share with you is don't, please, 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 don't become overwhelmed with fear. Stay grounded in the Lord, and you will not be so fearful, you will not be so fearful that you become paralyzed and can't make a decision. That is just as bad, if not worse, than making the wrong decision. And I know I've said that at least five or six times during this lesson because a lot of people just opt out of making a decision. And that is very, very detrimental. I share these lessons because they're things that I have dealt with, um, things that have hurt me personally and professionally, and it's definitely my prayer that you learn from the things that I have done well and the things that I have done not so well, and that you have a full understanding that everything I do now moving forward is totally grounded in the Word, because when I die and I get there, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you so much for listening to today's lesson. Um, I will be online. Once I close the show, I'm going to stay online to chat with a lot of people who are in the chat room. So please don't log off. 
just yet. Um, again, my name is Saida Brown, and you can log on to saidabrown.com to find this lesson and many other lessons in case you missed them, or you can just go to iTunes. Um, you can find me on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Cy Brown today. And you can definitely find me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Cy Brown. It was a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure coming to you today. Remember, there's a way to make tough decisions, and I guarantee you stay grounded in the Lord and everything will work out. Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I love you all, and I'll see you soon.